Section thirty seven of Yiddish Tales. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Yiddish Tales translated by Helen Frank and read by Adrian Pretzelis. Section thirty seven. Late by Abraham Raisin. It was in a sad and hopeless mood that Antosh watched the autumn making its way into his peasant's hut. The days began to shorten and the evenings to lengthen, and there was no more petroleum in the hut to fill his humble lamp. His wife complained too. The store of salt was giving out, there was very little soap left, and in a few days he would finish his tobacco. And Antosh cleared his throat, spat, and muttered countless times a day, No salt, no soap, no tobacco. We haven't got anything. A bad business." Antosh had no prospect of earning anything in the village. The one village Jew was poor himself, and had no work to give. Antosh had only one hope left. Just before Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, he would drive a whole cartful of fir-boughs into the little town and bring a tidy sum of money home in exchange. He did this every year since buying his thin horse in the market for six roubles. "'When shall you have tabernacles?' he asked every day of the village Jew. "'Not yet,' was the Jew's daily reply. "'But when shall you?' Antosh insisted one day. "'In a week,' answered the Jew not dreaming how very much Antosh needed to know precisely. In reality there were only five more days to Tabernacles, and Antosh had calculated with business accuracy that it would be best to take the fir boughs into the town two days before the festival. But this was really the first day of it. He rose early, ate his dry black bread dipped in salt, and drank a measure of water. Then he harnessed his thin, starved horse to the cart, took his hatchet, and drove to the nearest wood. He cut down the branches greedily, seeking out the thickest and longest. "'Good ware is easier sold,' he thought, and the cart filled, and the load grew higher and higher. He was calculating on a return of three gulden and it seemed still too little, so that he went on cutting and laid on a few more boughs. The cart could hold no more, and Antosh looked at it from all sides and smiled contentedly. "'That will be enough,' he muttered, and loosened the reins. But scarcely had he driven a few paces when he stopped and looked the cart over again. "'Perhaps it's not enough after all,' he questioned fearfully, cut down five more boughs, laid them onto the already full cart, and drove on. He drove slowly, pace by pace, and his thoughts travelled slowly too, as though keeping step with the thin horse. Antosh was calculating how much salt and how much soap, how much petroleum and how much tobacco he could buy for the return for his ware. At length the calculating tired him, 
and he resolved to put it off until he should have the cash. Then calculating would be done much more easily. But when he reached the town, and saw that the suckers were already covered with fir boughs, he felt a pang at his heart. The booths and the houses seemed to be twirling round him in a circle and dancing, but he consoled himself with the thought that every year when he drove into town he found many booths already covered. Some cover earlier, some later. The latter paid the best. "'I shall ask higher prices,' he resolved, and all the while fear tugged at his heart. He drove on. Two Jewish women were standing before a house. They pointed at the cart with their finger and laughed aloud. "'Why do you laugh?' queried Antosh excitedly. "'Because you are too soon with your fur boughs,' they answered, and laughed again. "'How too soon?' he asked, astonished. "'Too soon, too soon!' laughed the women. Antosh spat and drove on, thinking, "'Burko said himself, in a week. I'm only two days ahead.' A cold sweat covered him, as he reflected he might have made the wrong calculation, founded on what Burko had told him. It was possible that he had counted the days badly, had come too late. There is no doubt all the booths are covered with fir boughs. He will have no salt no tobacco, no soap, no petroleum. Sadly, he followed the slow paces of his languid horse, which let his weary head droop as though out of sympathy for his master. Meanwhile the Jews were crowding out of the synagogues in festal array, with their tillissim and prayer-books in their hands. When they perceived the peasant with the cart of fir-boughs, they looked questioningly one at the other. Had they made a mistake, and begun the festival too early? "'What have you there?' someone inquired. "'What?' answered Antosh, taken aback. "'Fur-bows! Buy, my dear friend! I sell it cheap!' he begged in a piteous voice. The Jews burst out laughing. "'What should we want it for now, fool? The festival has begun!' said another. Antosh was confused with his misfortune. He scratched the back of his head and exclaimed, weaking, "'Buy! Buy! I want salt! Soap! I want petroleum!' The group of Jews who had begun by laughing were now deeply moved. They saw the poor starving peasant standing there in his despair, and were filled with a lively compassion. A poor Gentile, it's pitiful," said one sympathetically. He hoped to make a fortune out of his fir boughs, and now," observed another, "'It would be proper to buy up that bit of fur,' said a third, "'or else it might cause a chill Hashem, a desecration of the name of God.' "'On Yom Tov,' objected someone else. It can always be used to firewood," said another, contemplating the cartful. "'Whether or no, it's a festival. No salt, no soap, no petroleum.' It was the refrain of the bewildered peasant, 
who did not understand what the Jews were saying among themselves. He could only guess that they were talking about him. Hold! He doesn't want money. He wants where? Where without money can be given, even on Yom Tov, called out one. The interest of the bystanders waxed more lively. Among them stood a storekeeper, whose shop was close by. Give him, Chayim, a few jars of salt and other things that he wants, even if it comes to a few gulden. We will contribute. All right, willingly, said Chayim. A poor Gentile. A mitzvah, a mitzvah. It would be carrying out a religious precept as surely as I'm a Jew, chimed in every individual member of the crowd. Chayim called the peasant to him. All the rest followed. He gave him out of the stores two jars of salt, a bar of soap, a bottle of petroleum, and two packets of tobacco. The peasant did not know what to do for joy. He could only stammer out in a low voice, Thank you, thank you. And there's a bit of Sabbath loaf, called out one when he had packed the things away. Take that with you. There's some more, and a second hand held some out to him. More, more, and more. They brought Antosh bread and cake from all sides. His astonishment was such that he could scarcely articulate his thanks. The people were pleased with themselves, and Yankel Levis, a cheerful man who was well supplied for the festival, because his daughter's intended was staying in his house, brought Antosh a glass of brandy. Drink and drive home in the name of God. Antosh drank the brandy with a quick gulp, bit off a piece of cake, and declared joyfully, oh, I shall never forget it. Not at all a bad Gentile, remarked someone in the crowd. Well, what would you have? Did you expect him to beat you up? queried another, smiling. But the words, to beat, made a melancholy impression on the crowd, and it dispersed in silence. End of Late by Abraham Raisin <laughs>